Hello and welcome to the Celtic View podcast, the podcast of the Nine in a Row Champions, and it is the first podcast of the 2021 season. The Celtic View magazine is back on the shelves, and we are back on the airwaves, looking ahead to the start of the Scottish Premiership season. I'm Paul Cuddihy, the editor of The View. I'm delighted to be joined on this podcast by my Celtic View colleagues, Tony Conley and Joe Donnelly. Guys, thanks for joining us on the Celtic View podcast. Cheers, it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Can I just say, Paul, that normally in this podcast, certainly last season, I was taking a bit of stick for having a pink hat. So I think it's only right to bring it to the fans' attention that this is take two because you'd fail to press record on our first run there. I feel like I need to get my digs in when when I can get them. So I'm absolutely not wasting the opportunity to, to stick the boot in just now. No, listen, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point well made. And, and even though it's only audio, I'll just tell people that you're still sporting your pink hat as well. <laughs> of course, well, the, the view is back on the shelves came out on July the 29th. The story that was in the, on the Celtic website, we're going for 55 because on August the 11th this year, just a couple of weeks, that will be 55 years since the view first hit the shelves. Um, I think it's incredible from when Jack McGinn first started the magazine that, it, that we're still going strong. And then also, as we have gone for 55, we're reporting on a season where we could be making Scottish football history. I think that's amazing. I think that when I think about, you know, like every Celtic fan's got stories from their families, you know, their, their fathers or their uncles or whoever that's passed down those stories. And to think that everything that my dad talks about in the in the mid to late 60s and the 70s and everything Celtic have achieved in between, the fact that the Celtic view has been going all the way through that. And as you say, Paul, to be sitting on the cusp of history, no matter what happens this season, the fact that this Celtic team have won nine in a row, no matter what happens in the months ahead, the fact that the Celtic view has been part of that journey all the way is amazing. And, you know, I think to be part of that myself, to be contributing to the, the view this year is, a, is an honour. And obviously, the first view, we're looking forward to the flag day at Celtic Park on Sunday against Hamilton. It's going to be the, the strangest of experiences. Obviously, the games are all being played behind closed doors. And Tony, you were at Celtic Park for the closed doors friendly against the Berlin on Monday. How did you find that experience? It was strange, uh, really strange. I've never seen uh, an empty Celtic Park with the, the players on the pitch uh, playing. So I think it'll take some getting used to, maybe for the fans watching and, and for us covering the game. But thankfully, the players, the way they were playing was good. You could see the the motivation levels were high. I think they've been primed for this. They know it, they're going to really miss the fans and the atmosphere they create. And all the players that we've spoken to have said that, how much the, the fans helped them in so many ways throughout the game. So I think that they've went into these behind closed doors games aware of that. And, and thankfully, you can see the effort levels that are still there because at the end of the day, they, they want to win for the fans, even if it is the fans having to watch, uh, watch them via screen. Both the game on Sunday, the Ross County game and the Vernon game on Monday, they were hyping some crowd noise through the stadium. Sometimes you're aware of it, sometimes you weren't. You still heard the players and shouting at each other and also yeah. from the sidelines. Because I, I, I kind of suspect once the season starts, if we're, if we're on Celtic TV commentary duty, we might end up having to apologise maybe once or twice for the industrial language that people might hear from the either on or off the pitch. <laughs> Uh, that's just the, the passion of the players, yeah. I know. I, I think I've not picked up on any of that in the, the game that I covered, but I mean, when, when you're playing football and you're giving it your all, it, it's inevitable. I think we've all played fives and, and swore here or there, so you can only imagine what it's like for the elite players and, and how passionate they'll be about it. Yeah. No, well, the, the ambient crowd noise which you're hearing, um, I'm still to to get along to, to any of the live games so far. Um, obviously, the season ahead will manage to get to as many as possible, but 
on Celtic TV watching those games, you can hear the crowd noises and you guys were saying you can hear it in the stadium as well. I wonder how much the players are aware of that because they'll be so focused. But I mean, watching, I know you guys are reporting, but watching as fans, I mean, how did how do you find that? Is it is that, does it alleviate any of the disconcerting nature of it or...? I don't think you've really done much, to be honest. I, I, although I think you're so, so tuned in to what's happening on the pitch, um, especially when you're trying to write it down or, or tweet it out. So you're really sort of zoned in to, to that. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I don't think it, it does much to kind of help ease you into what it would usually feel like. I don't think anything can like really replace the atmosphere of having all those people around you and the, and the noise that they make. And I think as well, I, mean, I suppose the players in much the same way sometimes they can cut off the noise when it's a full stadium because they have to focus on the game. They'll, I think, very quickly, I think they'll just adapt because, you know, once they're on the park and, and every point is precious this season, so they'll just have to make sure that they're, they're up and running from, from the world goal, which, I, to be fair, I think I think we will. You know, I'd like to look at us in, in pre-season and I'm, I'm sure we'll be fine on Sunday. Yeah, I, mean, I think... James uh, Forrest, think Dan. Sorry, Tony, on you go. Sorry, on you go, Joe. No, please. Um, is this, think, is this uh, one of these, are you, are you the kind of chuckle brothers from me to you? From me to me? <laughs> I think a lot of people might be a bit worried about how it will be for the Celtic players because they're so used to playing in front of such huge crowds unlike anywhere else. But also the opposition teams that come to Celtic Park really benefit from the, the Celtic fans in a way as well because I'm sure that motivates them. And you've heard it from the players so often that every team, you know, whether it be subconsciously or consciously, kind of raises their game when, when they come to play Celtic. And that in part is helped by the atmosphere that the fans create. So I think opposition teams aren't going to be able to sort of piggyback off the, the back of that the way they usually would as well. Now, Joe, you... The main interview in the view this week, we obviously spoke to the manager, but the main player interview was with Scott Brown. Obviously, him and James Forrest are the two guys that have been here for all nine. He's he's been here for longer. He's won ten titles. But you know the phrase that you use in in the pieces, the phrase that he always says, "We go again," and it's just like kind of reset, start start afresh. Yeah, I was speaking to Scott for for this week's Celtic view and to James for the the digital program for Sunday's game as well. Both kind of saying the same thing, echoing the same sentiment that. Yeah, we go again. That's that's the words that Scott Brown uses all the time. And speaking to Scott, I kind of feel like, um, and I'm possibly reading between the lines a little bit, but those guys always only look game to game. You've heard them say it so much. But I do get the impression that this year, where there will be a lot of external noise, you know, Celtic have won nine in a row, and naturally they're competing for another title if they win it. Everything goes to plan at our end. You know, they'll, they'll make history in Scottish football. But I think that game to game, you know, we go again, these new circumstances, they need to hit the ground running and playing game to game. It feels like they're taking it even more seriously if that's possible than before because they're keen just to focus on the next match, just keep winning, just keep doing what they've done over the past few years. It's completely different circumstances this year in the sense of, like you said already, there's no fans in the stadiums for the first few games or whatever that may be in the in the league. But it is how it is and players like Scott Brown and James Forrest, I mean, they know everything about Celtic now. They know what's expected and that is ultimately to win games of football and to entertain whilst doing it. So that doesn't change whether the fans are there naturally, you know, as soon as the fans can come back when it's safe to do so, that's the ideal situation. But the players on the pitch, and like Tony was saying there, you know, they don't look like they've been phased at all. Um, OK, we've not had competitive football yet, but they want to win, they want to entertain, and that will continue this season as it has done in the past nine seasons and before that as well. We're hoping that we get the win against Hamilton in the weekend and see who scores the first goal of this season. We shall now have a wee look back and have a listen to who scored the first goal of last season. And if you listen, you will then know the answer to one of the questions that's in the match programme for the Hamilton game. 
Edward and it's switched immediately from Christie. Johnson sprints with Duffy's into the box. Scott Brown's behind him. Johnson twists, he turns and he oh. fires it beyond Sander Clark. And that is simply magnificent, a wonderful goal. The league campaign is up and running and Mikey Johnson with eight minutes on the clock has given the champions the lead. Tony, you did a, a preview in this week's Celtic view of just all the, the opposition sides, including Hamilton Ackies. And it's kind of going to be going to be strange at first because, we, you know, we don't know how each of the teams have dealt with the, the lockdown and how they've been able to prepare in terms of their pre-season because obviously, obviously it's been curtailed in terms of where people can go and who they can play against. So probably the first few weeks for everyone, for all of us and for our teams, it'll be a kind of case of almost kind of reacquainting themselves with each other. Yeah, I think there'll be a wee bit of a feeling out process. It might take a while for games to, to really, well, within the 90 minutes, maybe take a while for it to, to get going. I think a lot of it comes down to the discipline and the, the inner motivation of the, the players and what they've been doing during lockdown. And, and we all know from the Celtic players, you know, we could see and from interviewing them that they were they were training really hard during lockdown, getting their, their fitness up. It was really just a case of missing the ball work and missing, you know, playing with their teammates. But they've got plenty of that in the, the last few weeks. So... Uh, it's nice to, to have heard that from the players and to have seen the way they've played. I think they're going to come into the new season and hit the ground running. Whether that's the case for some of the other teams, I don't know. I, I don't think any team really works as hard as, as Celtic do. And that's why they've been so successful, this squad, over the years. So I, I just don't know what that sort of disparity will be like with the opposition. If, if they've been as disciplined and as, as working as hard and as, as focused as Celtic. But it's good to see anyway that the Celtic players have done a lot of hard work over the, over the summer. So they're definitely ready come Sunday. And I don't want to tempt fate here, but the the feature that you did, Joe, just on the all the previous flag days on this nine in a row run, memory serves me right, we've won every one. That's right. And the most prolific one was last season, 7 nothing against St Johnston. Um, with all due respect to Hamilton, the last time they came to Celtic Park, of course, was the, the 2-1 win where Ryan Christie scored in the 13th minute, if memory serves me right, and then equaliser in the 90th minute and Scott Brown with the, the heroics two minutes later. Again, I say this so often for the sake of my nerves, I prefer something a little more clean cut. They could get something that they could repeat, another seven would be ideal. But yeah, any kind of win, preferably not something which, which comes in the 92nd minute, but you take it anyway, any form for, I guess, this whole season. Every single game Celtic play, if they can just score more goals in the opposition, then I'll be happy no matter how they manage it. And in this week's view as well, we usually what happens is over the first few issues, we start to introduce new features and we've started one for the start of this season, kind of fan feature. So if you want to, you've kind of picked up the, the baton with this one where a couple of you've got a couple of fans lined up with kind of their memories of nine in a row really yeah just nine questions um about the, the last nine seasons doesn't need to be specifically tied to league games or competitions um one of the questions is what was your favorite european game and and no surprise, the Barcelona game in 2012 seems to be the top pick for, um, I think, maybe every single person that I've spoken to so far. We'll be promoting that on the Celtic View Twitter. Uh, any fan can get involved to get themselves in there. We photo and, and your Twitter hand on a mention as well. But it's just a good way to try and, one, remember how successful the last nine years have been. Not that we really need remembering, but it's nice to, to see specific games that are maybe breaking the... The kind of norm that were people's favourites for various reasons, maybe personal ties or whatever, or even just revisiting the big games because there have been so many big games 
in Europe and domestic football over the last nine years and they should be celebrated and, and that's basically what the feature does and it's, it's great for us to read as well because you get to see other people and how they enjoyed those games as well. So that is a, a new fan feature amongst many other things that we've got in this week's Celtic View which is on sale now. Scott Brown is the cover star and at the same time as we've been doing the the Celtic View have been doing the match programme because we are producing a match programme, albeit that the, the game is behind closed doors on Sunday. So people, if they want uh, a copy of this programme, they can order it online. It's, it's a souvenir, obviously, of a special game. Also the start of a special season or what we hope is going to be a special season. The fact that it's behind closed doors, uh, it's not the first time that, that Celtic have played behind closed doors back in 1985 long before you two guys could ever remember that. We played Atletico Madrid in a, a cup winners' cup tie. And Tony, you, there's a great interview in the match programme for Sunday's game with Roy Aitken, who played and scored in that game. It was a strange experience for him and his teammates at the time. Yeah, uh, it was really interesting hearing him, him talk about it. And he did touch on how difficult it was for the play, players and how, how surreal it was. I think it was it was during the week, wasn't it? It was like a two, two o'clock in the afternoon kickoff or something. Yeah, I think, they, I think they did that deliberately because obviously they figured most fans would be at work. So it was to try yeah. and get him be turning up at the stadium. Yeah, so just everything about it he was saying was, was strange for them. And um, I think it's those big games, those European games uh, is where he sort of, predicted that it would be difficult for Celtic because that's where the fans, the Celtic fans are renowned throughout the world for, for the support. And when a European night, there's nothing quite like it at Celtic Park. So it was a big miss for, for Celtic in that game against a really great side, as, as he was saying. I don't know if that would have really contributed to, to the result, but he, he said it was just a really surreal, I think was the way that he, he summed it up in the they definitely did sort of miss them because he was saying the fans give them that edge, you know, whether it be if they need to kind of move up a, a gear or two, the fans can help spur them on or if, if they've got their backs up against the walls, the fans can give them confidence. So, yeah, it was, it was really interesting hearing his, his thoughts on, on that game. Do you know what, what struck me when I was reading that feature? Atletico Madrid that season went on to reach the final. But even the previous season, so we, we had to play behind closed doors because of what happened with Rapid Vienna in the previous season. The game Old Trafford and, and the fans getting on the pitch. Rapid Vienna that season, they got to the final as well. And, and when you look at the Celtic team at that time, they were a really good team. And you wonder what would have happened. It's one of the great what-ifs at that period of time. Because I, I know when, you, when you've spoken to some of them, it's it's the one the one thing that kind of grates on them, the fact that they didn't do better in Europe. Yeah, I know. A, a phenomenal squad. And, you, and you just, you're just left wondering, you know, what if, how many more trophies could we have had in the in the trophy cabinet at Celtic Park? How many more, you know, famous dates would we have in the, the calendar if, you know, those decisions hadn't kind of gone against you? It's just that that's what kind of, that's what can happen sometimes. That's what um, they were talking about with the, the amount of cups that, that Celtic have, have won. You know, you, you really need to be a serial winner to, to be winning them. You can afford to drop a, a league game, but it's, it's the cups where just fortune can kind of go against you sometimes, even if you, you have a phenomenal squad. James Forrest is the, the main interview in the, the programme. And obviously, he's, we mentioned already, he's the other guy along with Scott Brown that's been here for the full nine. And again, Joe, when you, when you read these words, he's, you know, he always wants to downplay things. And, you know, he he is the epitome of that mantra of one game at a time, really, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, speaking about Scott Brown, James Forrest absolutely loves that. He's the epitome of the academy as well, isn't he? You know, coming through the ranks at Celtic and when you speak to James, you speak to Cal McGregor, Mikey Johnson, a little bit younger again, Kieran Tierney when he was still at Celtic. It's that really underplaying, as you say, Paul, really underplaying their ability and 
Um, with James Forrest, like I mentioned in the feature that's in Sunday's programme, Scott Brown's the first captain since you know the club's greatest captain, Billy McNeil, to, to win nine successive league titles, but also Jimmy Johnson and Bobby Lennox as well. And, and James Forrest and Scott Brown are spoken in the same conversations as those guys now. You know, if they go one better this season coming, then you know, in terms of domestic football, they've achieved something that even that immortal team of the sixties and seventies never did. No pressure, Scott James. But yeah, I mean, he just—he's he, keen just to get his head down, keep working. He's been doing that since he came into the first team in two thousand and ten. He's only twenty-nine, so he's still got a number of years left in his Celtic career. And all going well, he'll continue to have more success, and that starts this season. And obviously, Tony, again, just going back to the Celtic view and we're talking about academy players, you you had interviewed Stephen Welsh. And again, just you forget that he just made his debut just a few weeks before the lockdown. And, you know, you make the point that it would have been frustrating for him because having got into that squad, he'd have been looking for other experience in the first team between that game against Hamilton at New Douglas Park and the end of the season. Yeah, I think he was really hopeful and I think a lot of fans as well were looking forward to seeing more of him because he was brilliant in that game. Just really assured and composed and mature performance for somebody who had just turned 20 at the time. He's still 20. Um, yeah, he's just a lot of promise in him. He's, he's been at the academy since, I think you said, seven or eight. So he knows the culture of Celtic and that's something he sort of touched on in the interview. He knows what's expected and how important three points are at, uh, week in, week out. And he's been on a few pre-seasons now. I interviewed him three pre-seasons ago when he was away for the, fir- the first time. So he's, he has gradually been in and around the first team quite often. It's, it's not a sudden step up for him. And you can see that in his performances in the games we've seen of him. He, he looks like he's got a, a wise head on his shoulders. Yeah, you used the word assured there, Tony. I'd certainly say that game, the, the, the game against Hamilton, I mean, there was no slack passes, nothing too fancy. You know, he just got the ball and did the simple thing. And he looked like he'd been playing in that team for, you know, the entire season or more. And I certainly felt that watching, again, I was watching at home. You probably felt the same in person on Monday. But there's a number of players, uh, the kind of younger guys, Luca Connell, I thought looked really strong in the middle. That's yeah. um, my sorrow as well. And... Again, it was maybe a slower-paced game. It was still pre-season. Hibs had a mixture of young and, and experienced players in that starting eleven of theirs as well. But those players, I was really impressed with how, yeah, sure would definitely be the word I'd use as well. It really confident. And again, it's a pre-season game, but it looked like they were trying to seize the opportunity, you know, as opposed to just get through the 90 minutes and not make mistakes. They were playing confidently and with enthusiasm as well. It was really good to see. Yeah, I think they, they know they need to be like that, don't they? Because Stephen Welsh was talking about the, the other players that have come up through the academy, the advice they've passed on, the likes of, you know, that we've touched on, Kieran Tierney, Cal McGregor, James Forrest. They, they can see the kind of qualities and the discipline that those players have, but also just the, the mindset. It's something I think you work on as soon as you join the academy. I mean, all he knows is Celtic and all he knows is, is that mindset and how important it is to win and the way you need to, to carry yourself. So really, when they go out on the pitch, it's, you know, it's all the, the rehearsals being done. They're, they're just practicing what they, they do day in, day out. And, you know, they can handle that pressure. You, you can see that they're trained to handle that pressure. Kerr McEnroy, another one who we've seen a wee bit of and again just really composed so it's, it's quite exciting seeing that some of these players would be watching in the academy for a couple of seasons now they're getting to that age where they're, they're coming through the first team and their performances when they do come through is, is quite exciting I mean in terms of Sunday's game and if Greg Taylor recovers from the knock he took one, one thing I just want to say it's always puzzled me how in pre-season friendlies bad tackles aren't given yellow or red cards. Tackling and Greg Taylor deserved at least a yellow card. I don't understand a bad tackle. It doesn't matter if it's a friendly game. 
because it's obviously yeah. it's, the, it's a contradiction if it's a friendly game if you're kicking somebody. But anyway, he uh, if he's fit, then you would you would guess probably that the starting eleven for Sunday will be the team that started against Ross County uh, last Sunday. What are you thinking for this weekend's game against Hamilton? How do you think it will go? You first on it. Um, well, looking at the performance that we've seen against uh, Ross County, you know that's a, a strong squad that the manager put out. I think that is likely the, the squad we'll see, and um, they're just so eager to get going. I think when we were speaking to Ryan Christie quite recently as well, the excitement levels for the first game of the season are, are just at an all-time high. And I think the Celtic squad, these players, when they're happy and when they're excited, they're really they're at their best. So I'm expecting good things. Hamilton always do give us a difficult game. They can be hard to, to break down, but I think maybe two or three now to, to Celtic. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, two nil. I've got in my head. I think you're, you're right. I think Hamilton do well. Brian Ray certainly last season, particularly the game at Celtic Park, sitting really deep, but not mostly frustrate Celtic. Not you know still trying to pass the ball out when they can. Of course, they caught Celtic on the counter with that very late equaliser. And luckily, Scott Brown was able to dig deep with that moment of magic to, to get the three points and extend the league to two points, I believe it was at the time. But very well organised. So I expect the same. Uh, I'm intrigued, like everybody, to see if there is any difference uh, in terms of the crowd, how it will affect probably more Hamilton than it will Celtic. If that will maybe encourage Hamilton to step out a bit more, if they're less intimidated, I'm not sure. But I think, yeah, with that, that strongest team, I would say two 0 for me. That's fair enough. As long as long as we get the three points, uh, I'm happy. But I think we'll I think we'll win quite comfortably. We're already, as we're recording this podcast, we're already starting to look forward to next week, and we'll obviously be able to touch on the weekend's game and then look forward to the Kilmarnock game. We're hoping to speak to to Chris Iyer and Kerr McInroy, who, who you mentioned there, Tony, for for next week's view. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to, to speaking to, to Ken and, and hearing how his pre-season's gone because he, you know, he had a, a bit of an injury there towards the end of uh, last season, but he's, he's looking really good now. He's got his fitness up, he's, he's got game time under him and the manager included him in the squad uh, as well quite a few times last season. So I think we can expect to see an appearance from him uh, now and again and he'll be really hunger, hungry to impress. It's interesting with Kerr, isn't it? Because I think was it, it was either the end of January or um, just into February that he came back from his from his bad injury. So, he, I mean, he's joining the reserves last year at a time when the season's starting to wind down. Uh, and then he, obviously, the, the enforced break, you know, and then he's got to kind of a chance to regroup and then make his way back into the first team. It'd be interesting to hear how he found that process of being out for so long, coming back, and then things wind down to then be coming back again. It feels kind of up and down. And I wonder if that's helped him in terms of getting back into or getting back up to speed or if that has frustrated him because he's wanting to get back and, and just get right in there. Be interesting to hear what he's got to say. I, th- I think for some of the young players, it must be quite difficult when you just get your foot in the door and then you've got a wee setback. I remember Kieran Tierney talking about that, you know, with his leg break. But I think, you know, it just motivates them more. They've got a wee taste of it and they know what's required and they'll just really push to, to get more of it. Oh, and mentioning Kieran Turner, we just wish him good luck in the FA Cup final this weekend. Arsenal playing Chelsea, so there will be a chance for him to get a, an English FA Cup medal. He's already got uh, a handful of, of Scottish ones. So if you want to, to find out how Kieran McEnroy has, has been coping on the road to recovery and how Chris Iyer is doing, then you can get next week's Celtic View. This week's Celtic View, I say, is on sale now, so you can pick that up. And also the match programme for Sunday's game, which you know could be 
it's worth collecting them all this season, I think, because they'll, they'll certainly be it'll be a set that uh, I'm sure will bring back many happy memories in years to come. Hopefully, and that's available. Uh, you can go into this the Celtic website and find out how to order a copy of that online. And just before we go, we're going to finish with a, a goal against Hamilton and a goal that, that Joe mentioned. But we've also got another publication out this week. It's a book called Notes on a Season. And basically what we've done is we've told the story of the nine in a row through Neil Lennon's own words, through his programme notes and through the few interviews that, that you guys do with him every week. And this great little hardback book, you and I, Tony, we saw it when, you know, when we were in the Celtic Park in, in Monday. And it's a great, you know, even as, as you're looking through the book or as we were compiling it, it's just a great way of, of remembering Celtic history being made. Yeah, there's so many games that throughout the season and you'll just randomly have ones pop into to your head as well and then there'll be other ones that you completely forget about. So I think it's a lovely size, it looks really beautiful with the cover and just being able to flick through it and see those games and, and hear the manager's take on it as well, how he interpreted what was going on and how he felt in, the, in those moments is really interesting because I think it just lets fans see that they share a lot with the, the, the manager and, and the players and it's obviously really exciting memories to dwell on. I suppose, Joe, you, you mentioned you, you wrote the, the column in this week's Celtic View and the point you make, uh, which you know, obviously for a lot of Celtic fans your age and, and younger, the memories of nine in a row aren't maybe the same as my memories of nine in a row, albeit I was just a, a wee boy when we did it the first time. So to be part of that now, uh, you know, the, the, the next Celtic nine in a row is just something that we all want to celebrate and should celebrate. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, again, you don't want to put too much pressure on, on on the team for this year, but no matter what happens this year, nine in a row is one. You know that's that's in the the Paradise Trophy cabinet. Growing up in the nineties as a Celtic fan who can't who wasn't born for for our nine in a row in the sixties and seventies, it was torture. <laughs> to be quite honest, um, it was associated with our neighbours across the road. And I said it throughout last season, even before we'd won nine in a row, the fact that we were contesting for nine in a row blew my mind because it was. Despite Celtic having recorded the record before, it was, yeah, I didn't remember it. It was only in old videos and, and old footage. So the fact that Celtic have won nine in a row, yeah, it absolutely is something which is worth celebrating. As Tony said, digging back into the archives of a season, even in our downtime before the football came back and we were digging into the Celtic View archives and the programme archives to the website, it was brilliant to be going back through big games. And of course, last season, it's so many big games, so many crunch encounters in the league, so many big cup games. Of course, we won the League Cup and that Europa League campaign as well was brilliant particularly the two games against Lazio so revisiting those in one neatly compiled book not that we're trying to sell something at the moment or anything but no <laughs> it is it's lovely and it looks very nice as well so it's great I think Celtic fans appreciate that you know we are a club which is proud of our history and last season was was one of the most monumental uh, in the entire history and certainly in my history as a Celtic fan and people of similar age so that's notes on a season the book it's out this week and you can get it through the online Celtic store or, or at uh, in Celtic stores. The Superstore and the uh, Gale Street store in Glasgow, they reopen next week. They're just getting refitted ahead of the, the official launch of the new Celtic Home Kit. That's the end of the first Celtic View podcast for the new season. So remember to subscribe, give us a, a nice review and, and spread the word. And we shall return next week hopefully looking back on our first three points of the new season but we're going to leave you with a goal Joe mentioned it earlier on it was the last time Celtic played Hamilton at Celtic Park back in December last year it looked as if we were going to drop two points but in the end our captain Marvel saved the day there'll be three added minutes and well Celtic we've seen the game out Tom and that is 
Very disappointing. Yeah, but it's what happens if you've not finished the game, not killed the game off, and certainly a long throw, which has caused a couple of problems, not tightening off there and uh, allowing Hamilton to get a shot and goal this time. Fraser Foster, absolutely no chance. Can't sell to get this one. The ball across now towards Johnson. Johnson, head to the box. Still Johnson flicks it in. It's not clear. Still Johnson to Brown. Brown. Bob with the shot. Oh, it's a wonder goal! It's a pretty, it's a three points! Unbelievable! Scott Brown, a left foot shot, and as a captain's role, a smile of relief from Neil Lennon, and the three points are staying in paradise! I think that's what you see the most. Oh, I just got lost, but what's for the moment that Celtic have scored that goal? I wonder if Scott Brown big for going behind the goals, but who cares? It's certainly worth it. And as you see, he took the responsibility. He drove into the box and he got out. Hopefully, the winner. And they'll see he's winning three points. Well, he is our captain, he is our leader, and he is a legend. And he has won Celtic all three points in the most dramatic of circumstances. What a finish! Well, this is drama, this is tension. And what a vital goal in the course of the championship this could prove to be.